Happy Wednesday. It's June 27th, 2018, and Fort Worth Camera Radio is back. And um, today's guest is very difficult to get onto tape, although we're not using tape anymore. Anyway, it's a recording, and he's tough to get a tough to pin down. Trust me, I've tried, and you know you don't even let me know when you're in town. But you came into town today, and I'm glad you did because I don't know if we were ever going to get this recorded. Uh, a conversation with Charlie Stout. How are you? I'm good. If I'd have known we were doing this today, I wouldn't have come to town today. Oh, what? I thought you were going to say something like so, something funny, like I would have dressed better or something. It's a pleasure to be here. There you go. Well, maybe we're going to edit that and make it sound more uh, sincere, hospitable. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd like to review your event, and as a forward camera ambassador, every ambassador performs events. Uh, I, I like to say perform. I don't know. There's a, there's a bit of show business, show business uh, to the events we hold, and um, it's a feat. It does take a bit of showmanship to put these events together. In your case, you had a, a really, really special one, which I do believe no one's ever done before. And let me kind of preface it, and you can take over where, and I'm going to allow you to discuss your, your so-called day gig uh, outside of being a, a photographer, but you are a musician. Some of you may know Charlie, but we wanted to do concert photography. So not only were you going to be the instructor, but you were also the performer. So that kind of puts things on its side in terms of traditional photo workshops. And it it went off without a hitch. It was great. And there are a lot of people there shooting some cool images that you instructed from the stage. Yeah, that was a good time. I've been playing on stage for probably about 10 years now. And I've been shooting photos of musicians on stage for longer. And... (laughs) And so, and I've learned a few things. I'm by no means a famous concert photographer, but I've learned a few things about uh, how to how to handle different gigs as they come up. You know, small club shows, large shows, stadium shows. Uh, there's there's some do's and don'ts, you know, and there's there's some rules to shooting, especially if you're dealing with a larger event that's got security. Or if you're dealing, uh, you know, you're, you're shooting an intimate event where it's maybe just a guy and a guitar on stage, and just a few people in the room. If you're, if you're a photographer at any of those events, you want to not disturb the artist or the fans as much as possible. And that was kind of, that was kind of uh, the focus of that workshop, which was showing people uh, what what to do and what not to do in in a small club kind of situation. Etiquette. Yeah, yeah, edit, photographer etiquette. Things like don't pop your flash in a performer's eyes. You know, when a venue says no flash photography, that's generally... For they the, mean it. Yeah, they mean it. It's it's not like we don't want you to get a good photo, but the truth is photos with a flash don't look that great on stage anyway. And it, it upsets the fans. It upsets the person. It is very distracting to the person that's up there playing. You know, music is music is hard. And remembering your lyrics is hard. And remembering all your parts is hard. And so... So the least of a distraction you can be as a photographer, the better. And photography has become such an essential part of what bands do because of the need to, to have a constant social media presence. So if you're a touring band, you need to put out videos, and you need to put out photos, and you need to put out fresh material. And you're only going to put out one record every year, every two years, maybe every three years. So you have to constantly do things that keep you in 
in the in the eyes of the fans, well, photographers play an important role in that. You look at any bands that come up, uh, you know, especially out of Fort Worth. You look at some of the acts that have come out of Fort Worth. There's always a photographer or two photographers associated with them. That that photographer's work becomes part of that musician's brand. And if you want to become one of those photographers that partners with a musician, you have to have something they want, which is which is the ability to create images, and and also you have to vibe well with the venues and with the talent on stage and with the artists themselves and with their management there's there's a business side to it and an interpersonal side to it and then there's the whole creative and the technical side to it so there's a lot of different things you need to be aware of if you want to be known as a music photographer you're essentially ending up being part of the band in, in a way in some cases you do uh you, you take a look at uh, uh just a recent example here you know just outside of fort worth is uh co wetzel coming up out of stevenville and chris pogue photographs him almost exclusively and he's on stage with the band shooting video and shooting stills and it's a he's a known quantity to them he's welcome on their stage and in their bus and and on the road with them because they work well together they have a vibe uh chris chris got i remember chris's probably the first concert he ever shot i happened to be there and we met and he asked me how do i become a music photographer and i was like well you just got to start shooting bands make friends with them and he's worked his way up from shooting people that nobody's ever heard of to one of the top draws in Texas and Oklahoma right now. And that, that came from, from uh, the experience that he gained and from using some of the techniques and some of the, some of the uh, things that we covered in that workshop. You know, how, how to become friends with musicians in a professional kind of way and not, and not in an obtrusive, you know. You, if you're a photographer out there in the pit on a show and then the band knows your name, that's either good or bad. Oh, yeah. You know, you're either, you're either the guy that they're calling security on or you're the guy that they're welcoming up on stage because they like your work so much. And it's a fine line. You know, music is an emotional thing. Photography is an emotional thing. And when people's feelings get hurt, I can't tell you how many blog posts I've seen on Facebook or on Twitter. Hey, the band kicked me out. That was, you know, F this venue, F that band, whatever. It's like maybe you maybe you got yourself kicked out. Yeah, maybe it's just inaccurate what actually, you know, yeah, two sides yeah. of every story. One of the first things we covered in the workshop was you got, if you're going to, the minute you go from being in the crowd with everybody that paid for their ticket to being on the guest list, are you on the, do- the the guest list at the front door or the back door? You know, does do you have all access? Do you have access to the pit? Do you have uh, credentials? Does the security team know you're there? Every time I shoot a big show or a big day long festival, I make sure I meet everyone on the security team so that they know I'm supposed to be where I am. And there's no question when the headlining act comes up that this all access pass is actually an all access pass. I think that's what's so great about, or was so great about that uh, workshop. And by the way, I don't mind dropping it now. We're going to do it again. It's going to be during next May's, uh, 2019 May's Fort Worth Photo Fest, which I believe is May 4th through the 11th. Uh, when Charlie's event will be, uh, is uh, to remain seen. It was awesome. It was everything that we had not talked about before in prior concert photography workshops where it wasn't about like, okay, look at the angle of this light, look at the angle of the instrument, this and that. It was just a behind-the-scenes workshop of what it really takes to get the good images. And it, a lot of it's just about communication. And Well, let's just leave it at communication. Yeah. you. If you're, I, I see this from time to time. Photographers who, or let's say they're super fans, 
they're really big fans of the band. They're singing along with every song, and they're up there at the front of the stage with their with their DSLR and a, and a 70 to 200 or larger lens, and you're just parked under the lead singer. They immediately know that this guy isn't a real photographer. <laughs> you know, I used to work. I wasn't even a staff photographer. I, they hired me to to build websites at the Avalanche Journal in Lubbock. So I got thrown into photojournalism, sort of in a in a backdoor kind of way, where I wasn't really a staff photographer. But I still went out and shot events, um, especially if there was a band coming to town. Well, I love shooting bands, so I would go shoot bands. Well, you take a big show like uh, George Strait or Willie Nelson are two examples of of some acts that I photographed while I was with the with the Journal. You get three songs. You don't get to park under the stage for the entire show. And if you don't get your shot in three songs, you're done. You're, you're not shooting anymore. Your, your pass only allows three songs. And one of the things that's, that's cool about the local Texas scene is you can partner up with a band and you can get the experience you need. Uh, you can shoot the entire show. Probably not best to sit parked in one spot. It's probably best to move around. But you can shoot an entire show, and you can get the experience you need so that if you do get on one of those big shows, you're able to get in and get out with three songs and get a compelling image, you know, of the of the performer. A lot of the a lot of the things that a lot of the photos that I've ever posted, you know, on my Instagram from bands are. I, I got this thing where I like to shoot the very last note of a set. When the, when the band has come to the final and they've all, everybody's reaching up to hit their guitars and the drummer's reaching up with his sticks and everybody's got their guitar standing straight up in the air. I love shooting the last note of every show. Well, that doesn't happen during the first three songs, but that's one of the things that you get as you progress as a, as a photographer and make friends with bands. You get that access that you would not have otherwise. Well, you kind of took the question out of my... Uh mouth because I wasn't going to well how did you get into concert photography but th that honestly that's a small according to what I'm looking at right now on your Instagram page which by the way is charlie c h a r l i e stout s e s t o u t <clears throat> pardon me again that's charlie stout with an i e stout all one word on Instagram the concert photography ends up being kind of a relatively small port portion of your portfolio because i'm looking at tons of landscape photography i i really do a lot of landscape photography and i probably i probably shoot as many bands as i do landscapes but i i like posting the landscapes honestly they get more likes um I've, no one's ever ordered a picture of a band to put on their wall but they order my landscapes it's a little more relatable that's true so, yeah uh, yeah i i really didn't shoot a lot of landscapes until i moved to west texas which i came to texas 10 years ago from from arizona and i was i'd worked for two years in arizona as a website developer and in my spare time i went out and shot photos of the desert and of the mountains and it was mostly just you know sunsets after work um i decided i liked it i enjoyed it and so i bought a nikon d200 with the with the 18 to 200 lens which is insane i wouldn't recommend anybody do that for the first camera that's just a lot to think about but I got fascinated with landscape photography while I was living in the the desert, you know, the American Southwest. And when I moved to Texas, I was shooting some bands in Lubbock, and one of the bands, one of the guitar players in the bands, happened to be friends with Wyman Menzer, who is the official photographer of the state of Texas. And he introduced me to Wyman, and Wyman 
gave me a portfolio review. I brought him uh, several of what I considered to be my best images, and he asked me a few pointed questions about them. I think I brought him 75 images, and I think he liked about five of them. And, and That's not a bad ratio when you consider no, it. it. It's it's great because, you know, these are all the 75 images I brought him were the ones that people like the most on online. And so you assume that because people like something, it's automatically good. And Wyman has several years of experience and, and all the technical expertise. And, and he really helped show me what a good landscape photo was. And it's 90%. It's 90% what not to shoot. You know, than it is, than it is. You, I tell people this now: you'll be known for the work you don't do, and and more, almost more so than you're known for the work that you do. Like you don't see engagements on my Instagram, you don't see weddings on my Instagram. I have no interest in shooting those things. Really, I don't want to deal with brides on their special day. I, I don't. I can't. I can't. It's too too emotional. Too much riding on getting that shot just perfect. Uh, the landscape doesn't talk back, and the earth doesn't complain. Well, forgive the awkward transition, but speaking of brides, there's a bunch of rattlesnake pictures on your uh, <laughs> on your uh, Instagram. It's easier. It's easier to. Yeah, I would rather deal with 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 rattlesnakes than than shoot weddings. Rattlesnakes, buzzworms, or a danger noodle. Wyman kind of got me into that. To the uh, rattlesnake photography yeah, biz. Wyman does. Wyman does these. Uh, predator workshops where you'll go out and you'll shoot um he'll call up cats he'll call up coyotes um what really whatever they whatever they see out in this big ranch country between fort worth and lubbock is just this incredible expanse of texas and that's that's yep. what he specializes in is those rolling plains and, the, and those badlands uh, but but one of the features of the workshop is you shoot a rattlesnake and and of course I, people how close were you i'm never that close uh, I'm either doesn't look that way. Well, so yeah, what I do with Rhett and I, I, the only, I'm not saying this like I have some secret. I'm saying this so that everyone who tries this will be safe. I use long <laughs> lenses. You know, I'm I'm at least 200 millimeters on a crop sensor, so 300 millimeter. You know, you, most of those lenses, you have to be three to five feet away for them to even focus. So you got plenty of room there. One good snake length between you and the snake. And yeah, and then if I'm using so. if I'm using a wide angle lens, I use a remote control on my phone. My Fujis and my Canons all come. I can shoot them, can, can control them from the phone and see on my phone screen what the camera sees. So I'll put that camera on a tripod or I will just set the camera out and let the snake come up to it or, or approach it with the ex tripod extended all the way. And then I'm nowhere near, you know. So I, I get wide-angle shots of snakes with the lens just a couple inches away from the snake. But I'm also not laying down in front of it. Don't ever, don't ever try yeah. to get wide shots, you know. Time for a disclaimer. Forworth Camera, <laughs> on behalf of Charlie Stout, did not recommend you go out and search out snakes to photograph. Because, uh, yeah, just don't do that. Don't be that joker who does that. Uh, no, and if and if you're and don't if you simply must be with somebody, have somebody there with you. You know, and cart you off to the hospital. Or, exactly, uh, exactly. You're miles. Let's just, let's just go on the the, the air of the sides of good judgment. <laughs> Don't shoot, don't seek out snakes. Snake shooting tips by Charlie Stout. Step one, probably don't do that. All right, in addition to fantastic concert photography, rattlesnake photography, 
you've got these fantastic images of uh, this past summer's eclipse. They're yeah. really great. Yeah, I went up to uh, I went up to Wyoming and found myself or intentionally placed myself directly in the path of what they call the totality uh, of the eclipse, which is where uh, you see a lot of eclipse pictures and the eclipse isn't directly overhead. It's, it's off, you know, on the horizon or something. So you don't get the sun fully blocked out by the moon. And, uh, so I approached Fort Worth camera about, uh, the rental program and using some of the gear that you have, which I don't have in order to, to accomplish a specific shot, I wanted, I wanted to find some wild horses, and I wanted to shoot the eclipse, and if possible, capture some sort of agricultural or western landscape. Um, and I scouted around, you know, the whole day. I found some windmills, and I found some barns, and I found I really didn't find what I was looking for. So I just turned down this one dirt road, and found four horses in a field. And there weren't that many people out on this particular road. You got to understand that that eclipse, the most photographed eclipse in human history. Right. Everybody's. It was a party. In fact, when when the sun finally when when it finally grew dark, you could hear cheering for miles around in every direction, and you you maybe didn't see where people were camped out, but you could hear it because it's great. Because the entire yeah, nothing brings Americans together like a good old astronomical event uh yeah so uh, again and that guess since i kind of choked on we had the the address of your instagram account charlie stout one word yeah he spells just, charlie with c-h-a-r-l-i-e charlie and, with an i-e stout like the guinness all yeah one, one word. word so you can see the image we're talking about right now on his instagram account and it's it's badass. You got wild. Were they wild horses? I don't. Know. They weren't wild horses. Well, they they look like they're no, wild. For the sake no of getting that close to wild horses, these were very well. I don't know whose horses they were, but they were very well mannered. You could tell they were very well cared for. Uh, they were they were well fed. They were they were very and very personable. Every all the four horses in that picture, I got they're a chance to, to interact with and pet Ask, them on asking the, questions, pet like them on the nose a little right bit. Now. Oh, they were great interviewers. Yeah. <laughs> This I'll say this, although it does not look like it's a real photograph. I know it is because we actually made some prints from it, and we can kind of inspect so, it. So yeah, and I'll it, come it, clean it's, on it's what it is. Way out there. It is two photographs. There's no physically possible way to capture that photograph in one shot. Okay. And the reason is the horses I shot up close with a wide angle lens. I shot them with the Fujifilm XT1 with the 10 to 24. And that, that, I mean, I was completely backed out. That is the widest extreme of that lens. Right. And that puts, that puts the horses, instead of in a row in a field, that puts the horses all over the composition. If you look at that, there's a horse on the left. There's a horse above you on the right. Um, they're, they're filling the frame. And then this little tiny speck of the sun as the eclipse was occurring is visible in, in that wide shot. Then what I did was, and I learned this trick from Wyman, because Wyman will go out and he'll do shots of the moon like this, uh, except you can do them on film and it's a little, it's a little more believable. Right. But then I took, you guys provided me with a 100 to 400 Fujifilm lens and a teleconverter and a filter. And, and so I used that gear that you provided. And then I, when, when the eclipse was at totality, I shot a photo of... A, a close-up photo at 400 millimeters plus the crop 
of the eclipse. And then it's just a question of bringing that large sun and merging it into the other photo in Photoshop. You're stacking these images. You yeah. could have done this on film. Composite. Yeah, you could have done this on film with a little bit of planning and a double exposure. If you knew your 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 uh, if you knew your son on the wide shot was up there in the th- in the top left third, and then you could do the same thing, you know, with film and double expose that, and you could you could accomplish that. So yeah. yes, it's a composite, and but I'll be the first to tell you it's a composite. I see a lot of photographers that don't say. They want you to believe they caught that shot. I guess one the point shot is, it, it's still pretty organic looking. It's it's what happened with some exaggeration, but at the ten millimeter focal length, you're not going to even be able to tell that that there's an eclipse happening. Right. Uh, not not if you've exposed the horses in the foreground, because you got to realize that if you're shooting during an eclipse, a total eclipse, it's almost dark. It's like late dusk. If you've ever seen where the sun goes down on the horizon, if you've never been out during one of those eclipses, you see the sun go down on the horizon and it gets orange out on the horizon right where the sun is setting. You imagine that orange line all the way around 360 degrees. There's this church out in the middle of somewhere in Texas, and that church, you ended up using it. The First Presbyterian Church of Taiban, New Mexico, just a few miles east. Taiban, T-A-I-B-A-N, just a tiny little town. It was it was just a church and a bar, and I think maybe a, a church and a maybe bar. a train depot. Yeah, there's a there's a great website called City of Dust. That's a great religion. <laughs> it shows it shows the history of that town and how sometimes it would be a dry town because there was enough people in the church to vote out the bar, and then sometimes it would be a wet town because there'd be enough people in the bar to over override the church <laughs> and so the town has a storied history of flopping back and forth between between the holy spirit and other spirits this uh, church has been standing for about 108 110 years and it's made you know it's just a classical wooden building you know from the time period and it's weathered a century of storms and and graffiti and vandalism and and just life out there on the highway it's a popular thing among photographers if you look for if you search the hashtag Taiban, you'll find other photos of that church so and i shoot highway 60 i've been shooting highway 60 from from virginia to california for know, 10 or 12 years now uh, highway 60 ran right through i lived in arizona and it ran right through runs right through you know uh, just north of lubbock in amarillo uh, but I knew about that church. I knew it existed, and, and I thought it was a cool location, and it's got a neat vibe. There's no windows. There's no doors. It's all open to the air, so you get some of the natural reverb inside the building, but you also get to the sounds of the cars and trucks on the highway and the and the sound of uh, trains on the railway, and I decided that would be a good place to make a record. So I went out there with an 8-track recorder, battery-powered. There's no electricity at the church, and July 15th of 2015, I hit record and recorded for about three hours, made a record out of that session. It's called Dust and Wind, uh, which is exactly where I was. I was out in the dust and the wind while I made that record. And some of the tracks actually are recorded. Of yeah, as the trains go wind. by and the cars go by on the highway, you can actually hear them. And I didn't edit those in. That stuff all happened. Uh, that record's been that record's been very good. It's been a good little acoustic record. It's helped me get a lot of good shows and turned turned a lot of people into fans that hadn't heard of my work before. Tell me about Icy Stars. Oh, the song Icy Stars was. Uh, I opened the record with that. 
it's that's the song that's the first song on the record and it's the song where the where the train goes by and the radio station here in fort worth picked it up and they generally don't play a lot of acoustic only it's generally 95.9 the ranch the sound of texas uh they played that song that's in rotation which i'm i'm really grateful for because most of the songs in rotation are more well-known artists and they're not acoustic it's full band arrangements so for that song to to get the radio airplay that it got was was really special for me, and I think it has to do with, um, you would imagine that song, you could imagine the events in that song taking place right then and there as I'm singing them, and when that train goes by, it's just at the right moment at the end of the song. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, it, it plays out like a movie in your head if you listen to it. It sure does. Um, I wanted to talk about how we actually met Fort Worth Camera and you got together, and it was it was actually through two. Two friends of ours, Allison Hawking at the ranch and Trent Gilly at Magnolia Motor Lounge. And both of you, both of them know you, knew you. And uh, they told me about this guy who takes pictures on the road and kind of documents the American experience through the, the, the wilds of Texas and beyond and on the stage. And I'm like, oh, we got to talk to this guy. I don't know who he is. But did a little Google search and found that you can listen to his music on iTunes and Mike, this is great, and you know, and forgive me, I'm not from Texas, so uh, it was a. Uh, I'm not either, and it's it's been. I can't imagine being anywhere else. I was born in West Virginia. I lived in the Carolinas for a while. I lived in Arizona for a while, and I've I've lived in Texas for ten years, which is the longest that I've voluntarily li- voluntarily lived anywhere. I love it out here. I love West Texas specifically, um, and I try to write. I get to live two or three different dreams. I've got a lot of friends who are just photographers, and I have a lot of friends who are just musicians, and I'm very grateful to be able to continually find ways to combine those passions. The the time I spend on the road between shows gets me in front of places to take photos. I rarely take the interstate. I always try to take back roads and spend a little more time driving than, than most bands do in order to get to the gig because I want to see scenic things on it it kills me to be on a bus or to be in a van and not be able to pull over and take a photo when i see it so so i do a lot of gigs just by myself without a band just me and my guitar so that i have the freedom to be able to pull over and if i see a cowboy driving a driving a line of cattle you know from one pasture to the other and the sun's coming down and it's coming through the dust coming up off of the hooves i i gotta shoot that you can't you, you i can't not pull over and shoot that then I got to write a song about it. Well, that's twofold. You're yeah, I get, to, I, get to, I get twice the inspiration for having seen the same things. Uh, the, the, I wouldn't say anybody else isn't as inspired, but I get two outlets. You know, I can, I can take a song like I See Stars, and you can imagine that man on that horse in the desert. Oh, yeah. And, and then I can also shoot photos that, that call to mind what I'm singing about. You know, I'm, a bit, I'm not a real cowboy. I'm the fakest cowboy that ever lived. I'm, I got thrown <laughs> off a horse in Canada, of all places, and it took months before I could hold a guitar. They ride horses in Canada. Yeah, That's okay. Yeah, yeah there, there's plenty of real cowboys in Canada. Uh, it, was, it took months before I could get my arm around the guitar, and I decided, man, that's just it's easier for me to sing about it and, and appreciate Western culture, appreciate agriculture, appreciate cowboy culture through the lens and, and on stage. Uh, because my dad figured out before I would have been a fifth generation farmer and my dad figured out early on in my life that, that I didn't, I didn't have the presence of mind to stay alive. 
on a farm. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask one of the obvious questions. I try to steer clear of them, but honestly, we we can't can't avoid this one. Does your photograph influence your music making and and vice versa? I I I love that question. Um, the, the the answer is yes. I, and one of the things that I it work has to be yeah. If I if someone hands me a song and they say you know maybe they're a beginning songwriter and they say what do you think about this song, and I can tell it's not really a song about anything. It's just something they thought sounded cool. I can fall back on photography and I can remember when I got my first camera. I would take pictures of everything: manhole covers, ducks on the water, you know, some car parked in front of some building photographs that weren't necessarily meaningful but 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 now that i had a camera I, I had my eye open and i was looking for things and when you're first starting out as a photographer choosing your subject and figuring out what's going to make a compelling image is a challenge and it's the same way with writing songs you may have a wonderful line in a terrible song or you may have a terrible sign to a, a great song with that isn't really about anything and so composition is composition you're putting elements together and you're removing distracting elements to create a final product. And it's, so it's the same with writing a song, throw out all the distractions, put in only things that move the story forward. And it's the same thing with the all photograph. Right, all right. All right. So now we're warming up to this conversation. This one, this podcast is going long, but that's okay. So I've got a question for you. Trite or poignant, meaning is it a trendy shot or is it something that's thought provoking and unique? You're driving down the road, you see a dilapidated barn. Yeah. Uh, so that's a cliche. Yeah. Obviously, the burned out or the, the worn out church that everybody photographs is a cliche. If you're going to do, you know, how many love songs are there? There's, there's no shortage of love songs, but there's also always a demand for them. It's, I would say it's the same thing with, with photographs. I see, I see, you know, I'll go through Instagram and, and see what's, trending or, or on twitter or whatever and and i hear a lot of bad songs on the radio and i see a lot of bad photographs and i just try to avoid those pitfalls of what i don't like like i i write songs that i want to hear i write songs that i want to play there's nothing worse than having to play a song that you hate every night for the rest of your life okay well i happen to have a a hang-up i have a hang-up of driving down the road and not taking that picture because i know it's cliche you know what i do I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm an avid indoorsman. I don't hike much. I don't do a lot of fishing or hunting. I think, um, you're, I think you're mistaken because your pictures definitely tell yeah, you that if, you're, if you're on the road all the time. I do. I, it, I cultivate that illusion. But the truth is, if I, <laughs> if I drive by something and I'm able to get a mile down the road and be like, nah, it wasn't that photogenic, then I don't bother stopping. But if you look at my Instagram, a lot of it is pulling over and shooting those things. But I think I'm also, I don't mind shooting that barn. I don't mind shooting that old weathered house, that, uh, that stuff that everybody shoots. But is there something interesting happening in the sky? You'll see a lot of clouds. And go. one of the things I try to do is if there's clouds in the sky, I try to compose something to where the cloud is reflecting what's happening on the ground. You know, if there's an interesting relationship between that building and something that's happening in the sky, or or if the sunlight is bouncing off of it at a at a at an attractive angle, you know, am I going to shoot that thing in the middle of the day at high noon? Probably not. There you go. If there's sunlight coming through the cracks in the boards, oh, you now you have my attention. So yeah, I don't mind cliches, but you got to nail them. If you're gonna if you're gonna write a cliche song, you're gonna take a cliche photograph, nail it. 
And there's nothing, you'll know when you're not nailing it. You'll know. You'll know when you ask someone, hey, what do you think of this? Do you think these are good? Impress yourself first. I'm writing that down. Every, every now and then, our guest will come up with the title of the episode. I was about to say, there's your podcast title. Impress, Impress yourself. Impress yourself first. Impress right? yourself. I didn't make that up. I got that from Randy Rogers. I heard him say that one time about, about songs. All right, Charlie. Impress yourself it is. And uh, thank you for continuing to be part of our Fort Worth Camera family as part of our ambassador program. Um, you've been a, a big big influence on a lot of us and for that i thank you i have a final question for you okay i'm ready does fort worth ever cross your mind all the time all the time yeah i don't go any further east than fort worth from lubbock hey that's pretty good commendable yeah this is where the west begins oh i've heard that yeah i saw that on the door of the cop that pulled me over last (laughs) (laughs) It, it was it was worth the ticket to hear that. Good. All right. Be sure to check out Charlie Stout on Instagram at Charlie Stout and your website at charliestout.com and check him out on uh, iTunes. Yeah. Thanks for having me out. Thanks for – I love the Ambassador Program. I love what y'all are doing here, and I'm proud to be a part of these, of these events. So keep it, keep it up. Thanks, Charlie. This podcast has been a presentation of Fort Worth Camera with locations in Fort Worth, Texas and Grapevine, Texas. The engineer is Greg Woods. I'm your host, Mackenzie Hughes. Please visit us at fortworthcamera.com or fortworthphotofest.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram.